I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Donica Strange Riscano, author, speaker, and community leader, comes to you today with Recapture, the weekly program that gives a biblical perspective on living a Christ-centered life as you walk through your recovery journey. Our focus is providing healing for the family with love, knowledge, forgiveness, and information. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in for another show of Recapture. We're super excited to have you joining us today. And um, just to jump right into it here, I kind of want to recap and flashback something we discussed on um, a previous show. We talked about forgiveness and forgiving my mom having... um, forgiveness for my grandmother and so we wanted to go a little bit deeper and kind of touch base and revisit not not necessarily the forgiveness piece but boundaries having forgiveness for someone does not negate the need to have boundaries so on this show today we'll recapture the recovery journey will be intertwined with we know addiction issues but also the best ways of serving your family so and boundaries are important and to make sure they're important be, to make sure everybody in the family feels safe and understood how are you doing this morning mom hey so my first question something i want you to kind of give our listening audience insight about is boundaries what are boundaries how can they work effectively in our Christian recovery. Thank you so much, Essence. I actually looked up the definition for boundary, and it says there's a line that marks the limits of a space of an area. It's a dividing line. And so what we are telling you or talking about today with boundaries is that boundaries, we have boundaries in our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. I equate boundaries to what we have in our relationships with others when we have a personal space. Our personal space is the immediate space surrounding someone else. It is our proximity to other people. And sometimes we may feel threatened if that personal space is encroached upon. Our personal space is different uh, with our family and friends and our coworkers. The personal space that we have with our spouses and even our children can be different. There's a different level of intimacy. When a colleague steps into your space and they get too close, we kind of just, we step back. The other person understands the movement or gesture that is made. They're not offended. They just step back. I think that that's uh, similar to when we are executing boundaries in our recovery situation. The loved one should have an understanding of the boundary, the line, the dividing mark, and have a need to step back. Okay. Okay. And so 
it's two main things in that response that I want to tackle. Um, executing the boundaries. And what if your loved one that you're having these boundaries with, what if they do become upset? What if they are not understanding to your need for this figurative space that we're discussing and having that boundary with them? How, how should one approach that? I would just say for the person to not get angry about having a boundary, that they have to understand that boundary is not a dirty word. Interesting. A boundary is something that is good and is needed. It gives a clear understanding of the expectation going forward in a relationship. It's so vital if we trust the other person. A person must reframe their thinking. A boundary is good. A boundary is needed and necessary. Okay. And so I, I think it's very interesting that you um, also mentioned trust there. Uh, that's very important. Would you say, on a side note, on a side note, would you say that trust and forgiveness go hand in hand um, in a family's recovery journey? I think trust and forgiveness goes hand in hand. It also is helpful to, to have boundaries to help rebuild trust. So when you have the clear boundaries set and the person is following whatever you agreed upon, then trust is established. Yes, kind of reinforcing and restoring um, the trust with keeping those um, being in agreement with the boundaries. Okay, okay. So, So that's kind of a good circumstance, I guess. And so what happens when a person is still resistant to the boundaries they um, being they're being confrontational they still want to occupy your same space they still want life to continue as normal even though it's been clearly identified that things need to change the best approach in this circumstance is to still remain vigilant and stick to your decision if the other person is not receptive, still move forward. Not doing so will cause tensions um, with the loved one, and the loved one will not take the boundary seriously. So if you're going back and forth or you're limiting what you have for the expectation with the other person, they're going to keep pushing the limits. So I would say if you've already established a boundary, and we're going to talk about doing that, keep and stick with it. Don't don't compromise because the other person is going to push the limits and it's going to make your life miserable. Yeah. Stick with it. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to, it may be even extremely difficult. This is your loved one. Um, this is your loved one. This is somebody you care about and you want to spend time with them. You want to be in close proximity with them and things to be, quote unquote normal for you guys those things that's that's what you're going to desire and so you did mention we will discuss boundaries uh, what would you say is an example of having a boundary just so the listening audience can have an idea because that's something personally for me um, well what is a boundary you know what is something that is truly about because sometimes I know um, in counseling it's you, you don't just say something to say something. You know, there has to be a certain intent and purpose behind the boundary. Am I correct? Yes, I would explain with an example of a boundary. For an example, uh, having a curfew. 
which is tough for me because I tend to be a little bit more of a softy. So you're defined the boundary is setting the boundary of the expectation for yourself and for the other person. So I want freedom in my home and I I don't want to stay up all night listening to someone playing loud music going in and out. So you set the boundary and define it. Defining the boundary is come home by midnight. Okay. So that is agreed upon time. It helps to keep the person accountable. So if you're dealing with your loved one, you, you are accountable to respect the rules of our home respect the time frame in which you should be at home and we say midnight so the the definition of the boundary for me is I want freedom in my home and I want quiet in my home and I want this other person to we live in the same place we share the same place and so that we will have harmony be home by midnight okay and so the two main things that I heard in what you just said uh, was one agreement and two accountability. So in that there has to be a conversation. Yes. You, you have to discuss these things. You have to be open and receptive to each other to truly hear in each other, because I would say and tell me if you agree that a lot of times when you're on a recovery journey, it's very difficult to truly just hear the other person out and not be what, what they say these days triggered by certain words and things. Um, just to bring in a tip that in intimate relationships, so this is maybe something a husband and wife can in- implement. A tip that I, I, that I received from a therapist one time is that when you're having a conversation that may get intense, you sit down, you look each other in the eyes and you touch the skin, the skin to skin interaction, you know, even with mothers, you know, they talk about the skin to skin interaction. So that skin to skin interaction is meant to help keep tensions down. It's meant to help keep the conversation going so that you guys don't become upset with each other and that you guys can still get everything out that you need to get out. Now, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Um, in don't ha- throw me a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> in having... In having uh, the conversation of establishing these boundaries, is it okay? And just, you know, we're just having a conversation. Is it okay to say, you know what, we're going to table this conversation for now and come back to it? Or is it best to be vigilant in the conversation and establish the boundaries whenever you initially bring up the conversation for the boundary? I think that uh, both persons have to be in a healthy space. So we're talking about recovery, but we're also talking about dealing with an addiction issue. So um, from what you're saying, have a moment of touch, look into each other's eyes. And if the if the conversation is not meaningful and it's not healthy and the person is not in, even in a healthy space to have the conversation, then, of course, I would table it. Okay. Because setting boundaries... Like I said before, it's kind of hard for me. I tend to tend to be a soft and and not not go through or follow through. But one day I was just thinking to myself when I was having my own personal experience, why why is this happening? And and the answer that came to me is because I was allowing it. Mm. So if your boundary that you're setting, you're talking about, you want to have peace and quiet in your house. And I think I said a couple of weeks ago, we look for 
you can have peace when it's not quiet. That comes from God. Mm. But you just want to have safety. The the example we gave was setting a curfew. Hey, be home at a reasonable time. And the example I would use is I saw a, a, a mom on a, a television program. Her child was an adult that was addicted to drugs. And so she made up in her mind that she was going to set a curfew. But if her son broke the curfew, she was going to lock him out. Oh, wow. Guess what? Yep, he came back late. She locked him out. And ultimately, which was a hard, difficult path or decision for her, became a stepping stone and a springboard for the son to, I would just say, see the light of day. He went to treatment after that. She had a defined parameter guideline she set for him, and she stuck to her guns, even for us who feels like, oh, I can't do it. Yes, you can, because eventually we want to get to our, uh, our loved ones to a place of healing Mm -hmm. so she locked the door and he came to himself the bible talks about that the um the prodigal son came to himself and he this son came to himself and he went to treatment that kind of signals in my mind uh about codependency um and so and so this mom in this scenario she made the decision that she was going to be firm in her boundary. And I know you have a lot of information about codependency, um, where the term came from, and things like that. Can can you share some information about codependency? Yes, I think that if we would kind of ask ourselves a question, why do people not have boundaries? And it is often because the person is codependent. And I want to just kind of walk a little bit through codependency to get an understanding of codependency. Uh, In 1936, there was a program that was started called Alcoholics Anonymous, started by Bill W. And that was a forum and a platform for people that were alcoholics to get healing and receive healing for themselves. Well, in... 1951, Bill W.'s wife, Lois, she started something called Al-Anon. And Al-Anon was a program that is a help to co-alcoholics, the family members, the loved ones that had a person that was dealing with an alcohol issue. Right. So from that word, co alcoholics in the Spears in the 1970s research was showing that persons who have a chemical dependency mirrored persons that had alcoholic tendencies and so they developed the word that was called chemically dependent the person was chemically dependent but if you were a loved one or a spouse of the chemically dependent, you became co-chemically dependent. But that word is too long. <laughs> it is. You are a co-chemically dependent. So they simply shortened the word and said, you are co-dependent. So initially, the history of the word codependency was established in the 1950s by the Al-Anon program or of some sorts saying that you're a co-alcoholic. But over time, it moved and saying anyone that has a loved one that's facing 
an alcohol or drug addiction is codependent. You have a spouse or loved one or you're in a marital or love relationship with an addict. You have a parent or a grandparent that is an addict. You're codependent. Um, But over time, it was determined that codependency is farther reaching than first thought. Right. So codependent can also include persons that are in a relationship with someone who is a narcissist, someone who is self-centered and egotistical. You are in a relationship with a person who does not exhibit the same amount of love and energy that you are extending. So you are in a codependent relationship if you are an enabler, if you are obsessed with the outcome of that person's success. So going back to where we are with dealing with recovery, dealing with a person who is an alcoholic or an addict, we want to be that person who saves the day. Right. But ultimately what we're doing is trying to save the person that we we're trying to do for the person what we cannot do. Right. And we can't save the person and how do you get past your codependency to ultimately be submitted to who God has for us to be in our lives is to seek support. Right. And so in the support system I am in, remember I talked to you a minute ago when we talked about Al-Anon, the support system and it's called Celebrate Recovery. They are not sponsoring me or anything like that, but that's a, my own personal support system, and they lead their programs through eight principles. The number one principle says, I realize I am not God. I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. My life is unmanageable. We we are obsessing over someone else's behaviors and actions. We're trying to save the day. We can't do any of that. We are giving too much power to trying to help the person when ultimately we have to surrender and seek support. So the answer that I would say overall with all the information that we have is that we have an understanding of codependency. We don't like that word, but we do understand that you do have a person that is affected by this disease or addiction or alcoholism and some persons that are, are enabling when you give that addict money, mm-hmm. um, you're being an enabler. When you're giving a person to have free reign in your home, you're not setting the boundary, that line. Not locking that door after curfew. Yes. Then you're being an enabler. If you're obsessing over that person's behavior beyond uh, caring for yourself, you're caring and, and obsessing over that person more than you're caring for yourself, then you are codependent. And so I would say to you to surrender like we do in our program, we have to give it to God. Ultimately, I found something I want to read. Um, in treatment programs, it talks about how ultimately with Al-Anon and clinical treatment, it was determined that when the family is involved in treatment, that the addict is less likely to relapse. Right and have longer lengths of sobriety. So 
and being codependent, not identifying with the fact that you have to surrender the issue to God and let go of that person's journey, that ultimately what we want to do is see the person sober and see them having longer periods of recovery. But if we're being codependent, we're not walking in the boundaries that we set, we're not going to accomplish what we want to accomplish in the first place and just to see our loved ones sober. You just dropped so many nuggets right now. So many nuggets. So to quickly recap what you just just put out there um, in regards to codependency, just like boundaries is not a dirty word. Understanding where you are is key to the overall greater picture of the positive outcome that you want in your life. And so elements of the codependency are being an enabler or being obsessed. And a very important part is the lack of your own self-care. And we'll dive into self-care later on in future broadcast. And so when it comes down to the being obsessed and surrendering the issue to God, you don't want to admit that, um, that your life is unmanageable, but you wake up every day and you're stressed and you can't figure out how to overcome this. And you don't know why this isn't working out. And you have tried this and you've tried that, but you have not surrendered the issue. You're trying to do it yourself, but there's support for you. That support is needed. Not everything can be done all your own on your own. You, you won't have all of the information and all the tools yourself. It's okay to have support. It's okay to go to a support group. It's okay to have a counselor to be in counsel with your pastor. I would say do be careful whom you are choosing to counsel with because you do want to go to someone who has resources and tools for you. Venting, of course, is a part of life and sometimes you just want to vent to your girlfriend or something like that and that's okay but to truly get yourself healthy and have your situation where you want it to be be sure to get tangible resources and tools and so something that I want to briefly touch on here before I let you guys go um, is is a few clinical elements regarding addiction um for the addict or the alcoholic um there for everybody i'll take that i'll step back here everybody in our brains we have a reward system and the very in the most common um chemical associated with that reward system is dopamine and when we have that released um that is triggering certain things within our brain to make us feel happy and that is a part of what's fueling the addiction and this will be something we'll dive in a little bit deeper on future broadcasts as we are discussing what I previously mentioned the self-care and I just want you guys to know and understand that there are elements to this process there are elements including the boundaries There are clinical perspectives, there are tangible resources and emotional resources that we all need to use and we all need to take advantage of. So to quickly recap here what we have discussed today, um, we we went over what boundaries are, the elements of boundaries, 
different resources that you may want to utilize as a codependent person. Um, and in that, we established that with the boundaries, you need to have agreement and accountability. And that comes through a conversation. Is there anything else you want to add on to the end? The only thing, thank you so much, Essence, for eloquently giving all of the tips and recapping our program today. The tip for the journey comes from the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God says, Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so do not be anxious about this journey. Listen to this broadcast. We have a broadcast, Recapture. Listen to the broadcast on Recapture again. Find and seek out support and know that recovery is possible. I am Donica, and with my co-host and moderator, Essence, we thank you for being a part of the broadcast today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So excited again to be here with you this week, and we will, uh, you will hear from us again next week, and to just be a part of you guys' journey, and we're glad to be able to support and provide you with resources and information. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on this week's broadcast. My prayer is that you continue to grow, find peace, forgiveness, knowledge, and information. To learn more or connect with us, visit our website at the PSDiamondCelebration.com.